This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. The Bigger Picture on BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon. This is Front Row under the MCO. I'm Sharmila Ganesan and joining me today is Lim Su Ann. So as always today, um, you know, Front Row usually does arts and culture stuff that's happening around town. With the MCO in effect, we are instead bringing you things that you can consume right from your home. So first up, a lot of us have been turning to podcasts to keep yourself um, occupied during this movement control Mm. order period. Uh, For many people out there, though, um, it's not only their own boredom that they need to contend. (laughs) with. This is not something Suan and I have to deal with, but yes. I've been hearing it a lot from, uh, you know, parents, uh, uh, my friends who are parents. Ever since the MCO began yes. and, you know, every week that, that comes after as Yes, well. so they have to entertain the kids as well. So today here on Front Row Under the MCO, we are covering you parents as well. So we've come across a great article in the New York Times, uh, New York Times, and it's called "A Big List of Podcasts for Little Kids," mm-hmm. and that has a list of wonderful shows to keep um, kids aged two to six, and also their caretakers <laughs> occupied. And so one of those that caught our eye is actually called um, "Classical Kids Story Time," which the Times described as "quote unquote" a sneaky way to introduce your kids to classical music with the help of children's stories like Hansel and Gretel and more. Mm, and the podcast is produced by the folks at the Classical Minnesota. Public Radio over in the US and on their website classicalmpr.org you'll find uh, classical music programming for all ages uh, but there's a whole section that's actually dedicated to younger audiences mm. and these are aimed at helping families explore classical music together. Mm. Um, I thought this was really cute and um, the classical kids story time section actually features narrations of a number of classic children's stories you know um, these will be so familiar to those of you who grew up with them the Empress New Clothes the Nutcracker, Cinderella, just to name a few. Um, so here's an excerpt from their take of Hans Christian Andersen's The Little Mermaid. Once upon a time, when sailing ships cross the ocean, far under the sea was a beautiful kingdom. The ruler of the kingdom, the Sea King, had five lovely daughters, mermaids, each born one year apart. The king loved his daughters, and he gave them everything they could wish for. The girls were kind, smart, and strong. They had long, flowing hair. And instead of legs, they each had a strong, sleek fishtail that sparkled in the sun, shining through the water. Shades of blue and green and gold reflected the light and looked like jewels. wonderful is that? I want to listen to that I I mean I'm clearly not the target age. But But I think it's just that storytelling with that background music Mm -hmm. with it as well right? And the the landing page of each podcast comes with a short synopsis of the story which you can read to your kids and they also list the name and composer of every piece of classical music that is played during the story including the orchestra and conductor that performed the piece. Mm -hmm. So you know if your kids were particularly interested in the music they heard um, you know it's really easy for you to 
look it up and then listen to the piece in full. Mm-hmm. So for example, in the um, full recording of The Little Mermaid that you know you just heard just now, um, you'll hear snippets from uh, Camille Saint-Saëns' Carnival of the Animals Aquarium that's performed by the Slovak Radio Symphony Orchestra under the baton of conductor Andrzej Linard. Mm. And it's not just famous Western fairy tales that they feature. There are also a selection of folk tales from all around the world, including one called A Farmer's Tale, which features traditional Chinese folk tunes, uh, and one from Ireland called Nora Mavurnin and the Fairy Queen, which is accompanied by Irish rhapsodies. So here's an example of that. You see, Nora was a gloomery kind of girl. What's gloomery then? Well, it's a sort of a sad crying feeling. The kind where, even if no tears fall from your eyes, you can still feel the crying deep in your bones. No one in her family had ever seen Nora smile. I learned gloomery today. Yes, me too. <laughs> so the thing is, the the reason these podcasts are these these uh, yeah podcasts, I guess, mm. are so cool is because they're educational. I mean, they feature explanations for parents, for caretakers. Uh, while at the same time exposing kids to different classical music from around the world, but it's done in this creative and engaging mm-hmm. way. Um, and, you know, it not only has audio, but it, there are also illustrations on the website to accompany the music because for children, they need visuals. Mm, and it's essentially that whole package, isn't it? You get to listen to a story, you get to enjoy great music, you get to also watch, uh, look at some illustrations. If You know, whatever that, uh, that, that your kid is interested in, this has all of it, right? And then that way your kid is um, your kid's time is taken up you know there's something to do mm-hmm. um, and our colleague's daughter was mesmerized just listening to this <laughs> um, the music piqued her interest she got really immersed in the story from what I heard um, uh, the, uh, the little girl even started to try uh, started trying to draw a mermaid after listening to The Little Mermaid. So, I mean, I, I do hope we get to see this illustration sometime soon. Yes, um, yes, please um, send it in, uh, dear unnamed colleague. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I think that actually um, this reminds me of when I watched Sleeping Beauty when I was a kid, Disney mm. Sleeping Beauty. And I only realised much later that they used the original classical music from Tchaikovsky, mm. uh, Tchaikovsky's ballet of Sleeping Beauty. And that was my very first and early introduction of Western classical music. Um, but introduced in such a simple way, mm-hmm. um, you know, in such a beautiful way that led me to appreciating more of music like that. Mm-hmm. So if you guys have, um, you know, a lot of time on, the, on your hands and you want to do something that is both fun and educational with your children, just head to classicalmpr.org, search for Classical Kids Storytime and you can listen or download the podcasts. So we do need to take a quick break, but here's one last snippet from the classic tale, The Sorcerer's Apprentice, with music composed by French composer Paul Ducat. But wait, he turned to look at the broom he'd just been using. Now's my chance. He drew himself up as tall as he could and took a deep breath. Come, old broomstick, heed my commands. Now have legs and arms and hands. Take these buckets to the river, fill them both, and then deliver. And pop, 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 pop. 
The broom sprouted arms and legs, grabbed the buckets, and trotted off to fetch water. Georgie was so delighted. He made himself a sandwich and put his feet up on the table to watch the broom haul water. He started daydreaming about all the things he could do now that he knew the secret. And I guess he fell asleep because the next thing he knew, he was wide awake and up to his neck in water. The broom! The broom was still fetching water. It had filled the huge barrel, which had overflowed, and then filled the entire cellar. Georgie yelled, Broom, stop fetching water! The broom did not even skip a beat. Water, 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 water. Not surprisingly, not effective. Georgie was in a complete panic. Bring forth Malaysia. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome back to Front Row Under the MCO with me, Sharmila Ganesan and Lim Su Ann. Uh, so we're just uh, giving you our daily suggestions of things that, uh, well, arts and culture things that you can enjoy while you are at home under the movement control order. Mm-hmm. And since going to an art exhibition at a gallery is currently pretty much impossible, uh, we do have a suggestion for you to get your fix of local artwork right in your own uh, home. So our second recommendation for you today is Art for Hutan Kita, which is an online platform displaying works from local artists and creators. So if Art for Hutan Kita sounds familiar to you, that's because we've actually done a previous Daily Digest segment where we spoke to one of its members, Sharon Chin, um, right back when they had just initiated the project, really. Mm. So just to give you some background to what Art for Hutan Kita is, this was actually a response to the Selangor State Government's plans to degazette the Kuala Langat North Forest Reserve. So a group of artists in Kuala Lumpur got this initiative initiative started and this was their way of mobilizing support for the Temuan indigenous people who have been living in that forest for more than a hundred years and you know we're not just talking about the people as well but also the biodiversity in mm. in, in the forest reserve um, the forest is habitat to critically endangered species such as the Maranti Bakau Blain Sunpest and even um, the rare Langat red fighting fish mm. and here's where art for Hutan Kita comes in so it doesn't have a single organizer it's basically a self-leading movement mm-hmm. of local creators the artists and creators involved are united by the cause to defend the Tamuan indigenous land and to save the forest reserve from being degazetted. So fast forward to a few weeks since that inception of their project, their website now actually has artwork that has been submitted by members of the initiative that are responding to the idea that um, this land might be potentially degazetted. Mm, that's right. So we are on radio right now, so unfortunately <laughs> we can't show you the artwork. But, you know, we'll, we'll try our best to describe some of them to 
talk about the messages behind them. You know, some of the works have been made, um, like you said, Shamla, in direct response to the degazettement of the Forest Reserve. Mm-hmm. Um, others that have been submitted are actually older pieces, but they do fit in with that theme of um, the human destruction of nature. Mm. And if you want to join in, you can actually head over to their website. That's artforhutankita.com. That's A-R-T, the number four, Hutan Kita. Um, and you can also send us your first impressions of the art. Mm-hmm. So, you know, head over and then you can tweet us uh, at BFM Radio. You can WhatsApp us at 018-789-8899. Tell us what it's like to visit a virtual art gallery. Mm-hmm. Um, so, one of the thing, one of the pieces I think that stood out for me quite immediately, because it's one of the first pieces that pops mm. up, um, is this piece called Untitled or uh, Untitled slash Reserved. Uh, it's by an anonymous artist. It's actually a digital drawing done in white ink over, you know, a black background. It's quite a somber looking piece mm-hmm. because it kind of depicts a tunnel made out of um, trees. You know, bare branches are arching over the path. There are roots below. And there's a silhouette of a person right at the end of this tunnel. Um I, I don't know, there's something very haunting about this piece. It's both, um, it feels, it, it really makes you think about both the the sense of safety that you get when you're in a forest, mm-hmm. but also a sense of sadness. There's definitely a sense of loss mm-hmm. in that, 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 that piece. Um, the anonymous artist writes about how um, the work looks at the relationship between humans and nature. Uh, you know how every step that we humans make bring destruction to nature. And that leads to the idea that maybe doing nothing is really the most important thing that we could do, but also the most challenging thing mm-hmm. for us to do collectively. That's right. And I, and I quite agree with you about that that haunting feel. And I think it might, for me, it feels like something to do with just the colour of it, that, mm-hmm. that, that it's in monochrome, it's just black and white. And then you have the bare branches, which sort of has almost, it, it's a very, there's a sense of grief almost in there at, at, on how our actions as human, our exploitation of natural yeah. resources has led to this. Um, another one that really stood out to me was Anyaman by Sebastian Heng. And if you look at it, it's sort of this very simple piece of illustration. It shows an elderly woman um, weaving with um, some sort of leaves. It's either mengkuang leaves or pandan leaves. Mm-hmm. She's sort of she's drawn she's outlined in black and then in, around her are plants whose leaves she's using to weave and those are outlined in green and I think there's something about its simplicity that mm-hmm. really stands out and you know it's um, along with the illustration there's also a short write up that says Master Weaver Yao Niuk used to weave giant baskets with giant mengguang leaves but today she can only weave smaller baskets with smaller pandan leaves Oh, and <laughs> it, it's just really sad reading that because you see it sort of tells you how nature has changed how things used to be and how things are now and yet people um, people like the weaver are still doing their craft because they still can but the way they've done it has slightly changed. Mm. And I think it's it's one of those things that we we talk about a lot uh, certainly on Earth Matters um, our colleague Juliet Jacobs um, talks about the importance of including and listening to uh, the indigenous people because these are uh, for you know a lot of their culture is related so strongly to nature that their activities actually um, very immediately show you the changes in which um, the changes that are that are wrought, mm. you know, in, in everything in their way of life when nature isn't attended to. Mm. Um, I actually really loved um, this series of pieces called Saba's Rate of Deforestation, 1950 to 2010 and Projection Towards 2020. That's a bit of a mouthful, mm. but it's actually a very, very... Um, 
interesting, very accessible piece that that crosses the the line between craft and art. Uh, it's by Jesse Joy. Um, it's actually a 3D sort of textured embroidered um, collection of works. Mm-hmm. They are maps of Sabah that use, um, you know, various beads, various sequins. And each piece re- reflects the um, declining primary forests in Sabah across the years. So that's where the title comes from, right? So it's 1950 to 2010. And then it kind of projects what this will look like you know, in 2020. Mm. Um, and, you know, across the different years, the beads and the sequins, they become more sparse. Um, and Jesse does make a point of not replenishing the beads or threads um, that are being used up so that, that it kind of reflects that loss and exploitation, the non-renewable nature of these resources. Um, I think it's just one of those, I, I like artwork or, or, or work that is pretty or cute or, or you know, they, they have those that that sense or aesthetic about it mm-hmm. but at the same time they're talking about issues that are important and does kind of hit you in a very um, immediate way mm. and I think this work does that mm, because it really shows you how much things have changed right because starting back in 1950 you know you can see the first embroidered piece is just full of sequins and mm. beads it's colourful it's showing you how it's, it's sort of symbolising how rich the biodiversity yeah. and was and that outline of Sabah I love yes, that yeah. it, it, I think there's something about it that really catches your eye and sort of gets you to think about how things have changed in just 50, 60, in just 60 years, mm-hmm. you know, how um, exploitation, how logging has sort of reduced the primary forest available, which also means that it's taking away the habitat of animals that live there. And I think we often hear about the plight of the orangutans. Yes. And um, we mentioned that Sharon Chin was one of the um, initial founders of the, uh, well, mm-hmm. not founders, they are they are a sort of lead, non-led. Uh, yes. Yeah, so one of the members, um, and she has a piece as well. Well, um, Sharon Chin, of course, is, um, you know, a very well-known artist and um, it's it's quite a, it's a very simple but evocative piece. Um, it's called No Act Too Small, No Fight Too Big. And really, um, it's, even the nature of the work itself depicts that. It's, it's a drawing of just one fish. Um, but when you read the notes, it's actually the uh, Langat Red Fighting Fish. And that fish has actually been listed as being critically endangered by the IUCN. And as you mentioned earlier, Suan, it is one of the species mm-hmm. that um, that live in the Kuala Langat uh, Reserve. Yeah, and, and it's, it's interesting the way Sharon has named um, her piece as well, because no act too small, mm-hmm. because the fish is essentially no bigger than 5cm. Yeah. And then no fight too big, because it is a fighting fish. And yeah. I think this really, it, it's one of the artworks that really shows you the species that are endangered because their habitats are getting smaller and smaller and we don't think about how like I, I sometimes I find that I myself sometimes forget that a lot of the species we're talking about that are endangered are really just as small as this fighting fish mm. and it, it looks so pretty and so simple but there is a very strong message behind it um, another painting that I thought was that, that I thought was quite fascinating, and it is at the top of the website as well, is um, "Indigenous Lives Matter" by mm. um, Amelia Natasha. So it's just it's quite a simple painting. It's a portrait of an indigenous person. You sort of have a three D um, weaved headdress as well. Mm. I'd love to see this piece in person because of the textures. Yes. Yeah, and I think a lot of this would be really great to see in mm. person. Unfortunately, we can't right now <laughs> because we're all supposed to stay at home. Art galleries are closed, but I think it's a really nice initiative. That we still get to see mm-hmm. these um, works, right? And and another thing was that this piece came with a poem and it's talking about how um, the indigenous people have sort of respected nature, have made sure that you know, they cared for nature and nature cares back for them. And it, it really just shows you that relationship that they have 
and I think that the relationship that most of us have lost with nature. Mm. And um, just very quickly, um, another uh, you know another key person who was involved in the project was uh, Shak Koyok. He is a Tamuan, uh, you know, a member of the Tamuan community himself, and his work, which is called Save North Kuala Langat Forest Reserve, um, a very simple but very striking. It's a mm. it's an indigenous person holding up a cardboard that says Selamatkan Gimbak Pulau Moyang with a fist held up. Uh, and that's against the backdrop of the slang of flag colours. Mm. You know, I don't think this needs um, this needs a lot of explanation. It's really exactly what protest art is. Very mm-hmm. strong, very that's evocative. Right. Um, you know, we are coming to the end of our segment. But once again, many, many interesting works there, both artistic and with a strong message. That's you right. can look them up um, on artforhutankita.com. So you can continue to share your thoughts with us. Let us know what you're consuming at home. How are you getting your culture fix? You can tweet us at BFM Radio. You can WhatsApp us at 018-789-8899. That is all the time we have for today's show. If you've missed any part of um, what we were talking about, you can download the podcasts on bfm.my, on the BFM app or on Spotify. Coming up at 1pm, Ali Johan and Otneel Thing will be taking you through your lunch with uh, with the Midday Music Machine. Um, we will leave you now with a song written by Tamuan artist and musician Ramlan Koyo. It is sung in Tamuan. It's inspired by this forest. Um, it's sung by Francisca Peter. Uh, so here is Gimba Kita Mana, which means Where Are Our Jungles? by Francisca Peter's featuring Ramlan Koyo, Haing Alin and Rudy Malam on BFM 89.9.
Oloi jahit sawak ipung gada Ginin semua entah kemana Mana lagi pengen uang kita Kita Ginnya tahu apa Banyak tangan yang buat kerja Nah tuduh entah siapa Kami yang jadi mangsa Kita tumpang dunia yang sama Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, the business station.